Ladies and gentlemen, today I'm joined by Mr. Isaac Mashman. What's going on, man? What's going on, Ivan? One of the few people I've met who has a cool name like that, man. That's cool. <laughs> Here we go. At the top of the class on a roll. And it's time to run it up. Yeah, you know. Maxed out, put the pedal to the floor. Hey, on a roll. Here we go. Here we go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the freshly cut episode of The Roz Project. This is where we debunk the myths, bullshit, and fluff, and we talk about 100% proven tactics and strategies to help you humanize your life and business. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and I'm your host. And ladies and gentlemen, today I'm joined by Mr. Isaac Mashman. What's going on, man? What's going on, Ivan? One of the few people I've met who has a cool name like that, man. That's cool. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know what? It's been a minute since I've actually had a guest on the podcast, and I'm excited to chat with you. Uh, before we do that, though, stay tuned in. We'll be right back, and we'll get into the conversation with Isaac. All right, and we are back. All right, before we jump into a convo, Isaac, and for those of you that are just tuning in, this is episode 193 of The Roz Project. And today we're going to talk about personal branding, PR, and entrepreneurship with Isaac. I'm really excited to dive into a combo with him. Uh, but real quick, just want to give you a quick intro about Isaac. So he is uh, a businessman, author, creator, coffee addict, podcast host, speaker, and the CEO of public relations firm Mashman Ventures. He's the host of the Business and Self-Development Center podcast, Chase the Vision with Isaac Mashman, and he founded his first company, the public relations firm, Mashman Ventures, on April 17th, 2020. Awesome, man. Well, you know, uh, before we go into the business side of things, you know, let's talk a little bit about your story. Tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself and how did you get into the PR side of things? Yeah, man. And by the way, that podcast intro is the most badass intro I've seen on anybody's podcast ever. Like, I'm, I need you to hook me up with whoever did that for you because I need that for my show. That was... Awesome, man. That was nice. Awesome. I appreciate um, it. I appreciate yeah. it. <clears throat> yeah, man. So, I mean, I got started in business uh, unconsciously. Like, I didn't even know what I was doing in 2017. Um, I was an excellent student in school. I'm not an entrepreneur who can say I was a DRF student because that would be a lie. Like, I had one C in my life on a report card, and I had to go and get that raise, you know, raised up to an A or a B. You know, like I had to go get tutoring mm -hmm. for it, seriously. Um, but going into my senior year of high school, I was going through a lot of different things at home. I was going through a bunch of different problems and out of a sense of rebellion, I'm like, I decided not to go to college, even though I was one SAT test away from um, Florida's, you know, bright future scholarship to Florida state or university of central Florida. Um, and I graduated top 10 in my class, but I got involved with network marketing. And that was like my, my initial start. And a lot of people have the stigma about network marketing, thinking that it's some Ponzi scheme or pyramid scheme. When in reality, it taught me, really every single thing that I needed to know about business. It taught me about networking. It taught me about sales. And I just became obsessed with it. And I didn't become extremely successful in it by no means, but it really opened up my eyes to the other side of life. You know, the other side of living, seeing kids making, you know, 10 grand a month, being able to have dinner with the vice president of the company that I was in. And, you know, previously I had different business ventures and um, afterwards I got out of the industry after getting into three different companies, let's see, four different times. Um, and I wanted to do a record label and the record label was really the one thing that I think led me into personal branding and actually starting up Mashman Ventures because 
I was managing talent for about six months, had three different artists at the time and one new record label realized that there was no way for an artist and a label to succeed um, in the short term. And in the long term, it would take way too long to get to the point of revenue, to get to the point where it made sense. And uh, this was right around the time of the pandemic and, and the artist that I was spending the most time working with, um, I actually hung out with him in LA because I was in Bakersfield at the time. And I'm, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, but he was going to be doing a show and I was going to be flying out to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And the pandemic was at the very beginning and everybody's like, I don't know what this is. Is this like the zombie apocalypse? Like, you know, and so we decided to cancel the shows after he spread the streets and literally did a sold out show. Um, and so from that, he got into this level of depression. I'm like, well, this isn't going to quite work. So what am I going to do? Um, and at that time, I, I decided to part ways from the record label and launch Mashman Ventures. And it's funny because I didn't even know that it was a public relations firm at the time. I launched the company backwards. I just knew that having the paperwork was going to, for some reason, motivate me and for some reason, push me to, to build something up. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's been a great past couple of years, but um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy what I do. And yeah. I am glad to say that, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on the personal branding side and less of the, the corporation, like let, let's go ahead and, and do a cover up for an oil spill. That's the example I always give. Um, yeah. public relations is such a vast industry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool, man. So you got into music early on and that kind of led into, you know, personal branding and, and story storytelling and, and PR. You know, it's interesting. The reason why I'm one of those people who uh, I get so excited when I hear people's stories, because I'm a yeah. firm believer that your story, you know, puts you where you are today. You know, there's there's rhyme and reason of why things happen to where you are today. And, uh, and I've heard all kinds of crazy, crazy stories. I mean, from people sleeping on piss mattresses to being multimillionaires to you name it. And I think those stories really signify who you are as a person, yeah. you know, and what's really at the core in your heart. And so, and I always ask that. So um, let me ask you this, you know, I, I know personal branding was something that we're going to talk a lot about. And it's something I'm very passionate about. I would love to hear some of your thoughts on that as well. Let's talk about, you know, wh why why does personal branding matter though nowadays? Like, why is it why is it important? Why should people, you know, consider it? Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, we have to define what personal branding is, and the, your personal brand is you. It's who you are, and whether you know it or not, whether you're aware of it or not you have been building out your personal brand from the moment you came out the womb. And even before your mom, your dad, they were telling everybody and their friends about this new baby boy who was going to be born. Hey, baby Ivan's coming out. And it's like, they were already building out your personal brand. They determined your identity. They determined what religion you were raised in, what schools you went to, where you were born, your last name, your first name, all of the above. And so when you grow up, you know, you're building out your personal brand as that student who is, you know, the teacher's pet or that student who is the class clown. Why do you think in the senior yearbook, you know, they have, you know, most likely to succeed because up to that point, you have branded yourself and your personal brand was known for something in that school to where people had a general identity about who you were and what was going to be the likely turnout for you in the long term. Uh, and so as you get older, though, you have to realize that building your career having a resume, right? Even even writing out what you've done previously and submitting a resume to a job to get, um, you know, hired on is an example of personal branding. You are showing why somebody would want to pay you, why somebody would want to bring you on versus, you know, the other stack of 100 resumes that they have to go through. And so you really can't afford not to build out your personal brand. And it's a lot more than just your name. It's a lot more than just what you do. But at the center, it's who you are. And that's how you submit yourself mm -hmm. for longevity. You know, you can't afford not to. 
Um, we think about Shaquille O'Neal. He's on all these different commercials, but his personal brand is what is valuable to these corporations hiring him for a Old Spice commercial. You know, think about Terry Crews or, you know, hiring yeah. Shaquille O'Neal. I think there was, um, I forgot the advertisement that I saw the other day, but I'm like, I never thought that I'd see Shaq, you know, promoting a toaster oven, but here we are, you know, and but, but it's because yeah. there's a level of consumer trust because people buy from people. And so once you <laughs> understand that, you can leverage it to, you know, your benefit towards a business, towards a cause, towards yeah. revenue, towards whatever. You know, it's really, um... You made some really good points there. I want to touch upon those because personal branding is a big, big part of who I am and, and what I've done in my entrepreneurial journey. And um, there's a couple of things that you you mentioned there. Like you said, you are who you are from the mm -hmm. day that you came out of the womb. And um, I think one of the biggest things even newcomers into the entrepreneurial game don't understand is this, that, you know, uh, people do business with who they like, trust and see value in. And so when six years ago when i started my my digital agency i knew human centricity was a huge part of it i think it was because it was always a huge part of who i am you know i've always been very empathetic as a person since i was pretty much born it's just one of those natural gifts um, that i've had of course over the years growing up and getting older it's kind of like you know we get swayed with everything that's going on in the world so we tend to forget of who we are at the core but like as you said you know, you are, like you said, with Shaq. I mean, I've seen the general commercials with Shaq that you were talking about, you know, and those things are fucking hilarious, honestly. And I'm thinking to myself, which, by the way, Shaq is a phenomenal business person. Phenomenal. Yeah. And one of the things that I think he fathomed as an athlete that many other athletes didn't before he actually retires, the fact that post-retirement, uh, post five years post-retirement, most athletes go bankrupt because they live way above their means and so think about it this way you're making 200 million dollars a year or some crazy ass amount right being a top nba player or something mm -hmm. in sports like albert pujols i think right that was making a bunch of money with the angels and then suddenly you retire and it's like now what you're living a 15 million dollar home that you haven't paid off when you should have really paid off, you're driving 20 cars. Well, you're not driving them. They're sitting expensive cars. And so um, to your point is this that you are, and I firmly believe that, you know, that you are your brand. You are the brand. It's why people choose to do business with you because of who you are, how you act, how you talk. I mean, I don't want to say profiling, but in some aspect, profiling does play into this, right? When, when people, the type of vibe and synergy that people get from you uh, as well. Let's talk about personal branding in, in the age of social and digital. Like, what's your thoughts on, like, what does that look like? If I'm someone that really wants to develop my personal brand, mm -hmm. you know, like really get aggressive with building momentum, what are some things that, you know, and other people <laughs> listening and watching that should consider doing? Fantastic question, man. And let me precurse that by saying that any person today in the modern era, in 2022, on April 28th, when we're recording this episode, can mm -hmm. become a celebrity. And that has never been possible before. It To a degree, okay, there, yeah, there's the possibility, but I'm talking about you could have an 80-year-old grandmother who goes viral on TikTok and all of a sudden builds out an audience. Now you have all these, yep. you know, quote unquote grandchildren. You could be somebody and, and two, you know, people over in India, you know, with a stick 
going and digging in the ground. And next thing you know, the YouTube channel has millions of followers. And that is something that is a blessing because algorithms are here to serve us. Algorithms aren't here to break us down or prevent us from being seen. It's like, you have to think about what the algorithm's main goal is. And the algorithm is meant to really keep people on the platform. And so if you're, you are creating content that is keeping the consumer engaged, then that means that the algorithm is going to promote you, which means now yeah. go viral on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, et cetera. Um, a couple of really easy tips right now would be understand that, you know, you shouldn't fall into, there are so many different things that I could talk about right about now, but number one, mm -hmm. be careful with, you know, a lot of the approaches, the too good to be true. Right. And this is something that I saw in network marketing. It's like, sometimes you see something that's too good to be true. And sometimes it it's actually true. And the other time and the majority of the time it is too good. Right. Yeah. And it, it's it's fake. For example, buying fake followers or buying press releases or buying these different things. And, you yeah. know, I mean, I had to bring this up because we've had conversations about. Oh, this yeah, absolutely. Interview. But realize that it, if you're going to be building out your personal brand digitally, you also have to be building out your personal brand physically offline. Right. And being able to leverage that. That's something right. that most people don't right. talk about online today. People online only talk about the digital aspect, but you have to realize that every single time you're shaking a barista's hand or getting a cup of coffee, it's like you are engaging in a form of marketing for yourself. So transpiring and taking those physical relationships off from the offline realm into the online realm is mm -hmm. how you can connect with people that otherwise you would have never connected with, you know, outside of the coffee shop or going to Home Depot or Lowe's, right? But then those people will want to support you. For example, my barber that I was going to for quite some time um, when I was in a different city, he's following me on Facebook now and liking up all my posts. He's like, man, oh my God, like you weren't yeah. kidding the conversations you had in the barber chair. But that mm -hmm. is an example of not being afraid to have those conversations. And the other thing is build for longevity, right? Understand that only niching down, and I'm, I'm not a fan of niching and I'm not a fan of micro niching, which is actually what most people, most people say the opposite of what I tell you. And I'm going to tell you the opposite of what they tell you. Yeah. And that is to, yeah, you can niche down to a degree, but you have to realize that people at the end of the day are going to be following you 10 years from now for who you are. There are YouTube channels right now that I'm subscribed to that I have no idea what the founder's name is, what the, what the main host's name is. Yeah. And I don't go and actively seek out, seek out those you know channels. Mm -hmm. I seek out the content, but the only time that I'm really watching it is whenever the algorithm promotes it. And then I see it, I'm like, oh, I forgot about this guy versus the entrepreneur, the public figure, the person or the celebrity who I know their name, I know where they're from, I know what they're about, I know what they stand for, I know what they've done. That is how you establish longevity, right? To actually be known for who you are. And don't be afraid to show some of those personal side of things, especially in the age of glitz and glamour, where, you know, if, if you're showing the the struggle, it's like the struggle is what connects people to you. It, it establishes rapport with a stranger. Yeah. And so have fun with it too. I, I've personally turned this into a game. I've turned it into the, you know, Hasbro's monopoly where I'm trying to get port, part place and boardwalk. You know, that that's just kind of my perspective on it because there isn't a highest level. There isn't some glass ceiling. It's like you can continue scaling up your personal brand to an extremely high degree. And yeah. that's not that get other people to talk about you. Absolutely. I want to touch upon that real quick, but I just want to drop in real quick for those that are just tuning in, watching, listening, that can pick up the Ross Project anywhere, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Pandora. It's on my YouTube channel uh, as well. And once again, this is episode 193, chatting with Isaac Mashman from Mashman Ventures on personal branding, PR and entrepreneurship. You know, something you mentioned that I actually want to touch upon because 
you know, I'm someone that's been in the digital space for over 20 years. Vast majority was the agency world before I started my business six years ago. And this literally is like, I feel like I keep dancing around this. You said niching and micro niching. And like I've seen, you know, other agencies that I've worked with, you know, that are started from mom and pops to, you know, help them scale to 15, 20 million dollar companies working with brands like Microsoft and doing their creative. But and they really niche down on like creative. They said, okay, this is what we do. We do design. This is what we're really good, good at. This, this, and this, right? And my thought always on that was, and over the years was that, yeah, I guess if you want to specialize, you know, that's great. But I also read a few books not too long ago. Um, actually picked up on the Blinkist app. I'm trying to remember which one it was exactly. Um, that talked about how if you are experienced uh, in different aspects, uh, and I'm not just talking about marketing or business or entrepreneurship, but just like, for instance, you know, on the personal side, I'm a cyclist, I'm a fitness aficionado, you know, I'm a father, you know, I'm a husband, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a business owner, actually, I have a couple of different businesses. And so, but a lot of people just like don't know that. So like to niche down and say, I'm just a cyclist. You know, like it just doesn't make sense, you know, because I'm diluting my real potential by exposing what else I can do. So uh, not necessarily jack of all trades because I did a post on Facebook. Mm -hmm. That's not it. It's just being multifaceted. So I think that's what you were talking about. It's like, you know, if people really don't know the personal and the business side, then you can't really create appeal. Yeah. You know, and I know on the business side specifically, I mean, some of the clients we work with is, you know, there's a mining you know, client, and then there's a trucking client, and then there's a roofing client, you know, so it's just like polar opposites, right? But to what you were saying earlier, you are your brand, and people appeal to that, they gravitate to that. That's why they'll cut the checks is I mean, my opinion is this, you could be the shittiest of what you do. But if you appeal to people, they like you, they trust you, and they see value in what you offer, mm -hmm. they'll keep cutting them checks. So that was really important that you were talking about on niching and micro niching, because I, I never really was a fan of it. Yeah. And and that's something that's uh, unorthodox to say, because everybody's like mm -hmm. niche down with your business. And I can understand, okay, if you're wanting yeah. to do a one-sided business, scale it and sell it, then okay. Yeah. Niche down. But personally, I like to think of the example of like, I'm only working with dentists, right? And I'm only yeah. building out the personal brand for dentists and dental owners. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm creating more competition for myself not just for my clients, but for myself, because now I'm having to do the same thing over and over and over again versus working with one dentist, working with one doctor, working with one roofer, working with one construction owner, working with one yeah. author. Now I'm able to test my skill set that I know I have and that I know applies, proof my concept, right? Proof mm -hmm. my philosophy, and I'm able to have more fun with it. If I only worked with one specific niche and area, I'd go crazy because yeah. the point of being in business is to have fun and to scale and to get results. And the other side about that too is, you know, going and and not only creating more competition for yourself, you're number one, you're just not going to have as much appeal, you know, and, and that's something that I tr truly believe. And I feel like, again, you don't think about who follows Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Everybody follows The Rock. They know him for who he is, right? Yeah. And, and he's the example I always give on client consultations because I'm like, look, do you know Dwayne The Rock Johnson for what he does or for who he is? And, you know, they always say who he is. You'll have one rare person who's like, what he does. I'm like, yeah. truthfully though, is that really what you know him for? Or do you know him for who, you know, the man is, you could yeah. probably draw him and highlight the smile and you could probably hear his voice in your head. That's yeah. an example of an exceptional personal brand. But the thing is, 
you know, you have to realize that there's a difference between a qualifying, you know, qualifying traits of a prospect versus the niche of the prospect. And so, yeah, I mean, you might not niche down and say, I'm only working with dentists or doctor doctors, but I might be working with business owners or people who are making six figures a year or more. So it's like, you have a qualification, you know, qualifying process to say, Hey, you need to be at X income level, or this is my ideal prospect, my ideal avatar, but you, you don't have to necessarily put a title or a profession on that qualifier. So that's something yeah. that I, I have to realize too. It's like, it would be ideal to work with people who are over six figures, but I'm not going to say I'm only working with six figure doctors, a little bit of yeah. a tangent, but it's, it's something that, you know, I don't like when people just say to niche down. Cause I'm like, if you change niches in the future, everybody who's following you is going to run the opposite way because you're no longer providing value to them. You're no longer in, uh, of yep. interest. Now you throw in the fact that you're a fitness aficionado or a cyclist or you know a lover of coffee. It's like now I have rapport and trust and I, I love and care about you for who you are. And that's the deeper yeah. level. You know, uh, use the rock example, which you know I follow. And, and something that really got me thinking uh, that I think uh, that you either did or did not mention is... Um, that even if you didn't know who Dwayne Johnson was, aka The Rock, okay, let's say you've been living under a fucking rock for a decade or two decades or however long he's been around, he has created emotional enticement is what he has created. So I think, like on Instagram specifically, I honestly don't even look at his name. I just look at the contextual aspect of what he shares uh, between the photos and the videos and the actual text that really resonates on an emotional level because, and I think this is everything behind Project Rock, Zoa Energy, uh, Seven Bucks Production, which I not too long ago actually found the story behind Seven Bucks Production, which was fascinating. I was immediately I was like, fuck yeah, now I'm, now I'm, now I'm going to watch it. I'm going to pay attention to it because he has a sentiment you know, that he resonates with. So it goes back, I think, a little bit to what you were talking about is this that and that's what people need to do, I think, on the personal branding side that we're talking about is that not just on the digital front, because there's a lot of people that don't know about me on the digital front. And I'm very real time social. I've been for a good part of 15 years. But offline, like you were saying earlier, people that do know you like to actually get to feel who you are as a person. You know, so I think it's really important. You made a very good point earlier that I want to touch upon is marrying the offline and online when building your personal brand. So you can have that cohesive marriage between, you know, who you really are. Because to me, I think digital has always been, you know, the, the online or online has always been the digital version of offline. It's just an amplified. It's just platforms like social media or websites or video or this podcast for for that matter that really just kind of amplify who you really are um so let me let me ask you this um i want to talk i mean we could talk personal branding so much because i'm personally very passionate about it and it's something that i've built my business around is just by literally nobody even knew the name of my company they just knew me and that's mm -hmm. why they did business basically because they they resonated with the message. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk more about branding, just a couple of things that I would love for you to, to share. So um, are there any specific restrictions to like personal branding that that maybe you've run across or companies should watch out for? Like when you're really trying to build up, you know, your personal presence out there. Restrictions. Interesting. Well, you have to be aware of 
once you have the awareness that that every single interaction you're having has a repercussion, whether positive or negative, you start to treat your reputation a little bit with more mm -hmm. care, right? So, you, so you're more aware of how, okay, like there have been times where I haven't pitched my story when I know I could have been guaranteed to get in that article because yeah. I didn't necessarily align or want to be associated with that article, right? Or people that I didn't want to do business with because I knew that it would be a risk for me. Like I've had to say, no, yeah. I don't, like this, this isn't good. Right. And, and that's the other thing we forget as business owners offline. It's like as, as a business owner, you have the ability to say, no, I don't want to work with you. And then online for, for whatever reason, we have this thing in our back of our mind. That's like, we have to work with every single person who comes our way. And that's simply not the case. And so yeah. being aware of how, you know, these different interactions and associations will affect you. You know, you don't have to say yes to every collaboration. You don't have to yeah. say no to every collaboration. And that's something too, to where I've, I've had to in the past be like, I don't know if my values necessarily align with yours. And I'm not one of these guys. It's like, I actually have like a, a written list of, you know, what are my values? And I've, I've jotted it down in some journal. That's not how yeah. I operate. You know, I know some guys are like, write down your core values. I'm like, do you really need to be aware of those? Like, you know what they are without having to write them down. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is, you know, I, I oftentimes say to avoid politics and certain things that are overly controversial um, yeah. because you're going to immediately be dividing an audience. And I can't help but think about Eminem a couple of years ago. He did an album that was literally just political and it was called Revival. And he that was during the Donald Trump era. And he literally drew a line in the sand on his music video. And he's like, yeah. and at that moment, he split his fan base in half. Now, it didn't last because everybody who's like, I hate you, Eminem, went back to listening yeah. to him a couple of years later. But that's an example of like, when you have a platform, you can make statements. But be aware of, is that a risk and a sacrifice that you want to make? Now, I'm not saying don't speak up for what you believe in. I'm not saying that at all. But I, I'm saying understand that by doing that, you're going to have some people that are going to run away from you and you, you know, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. And also I'll realize that, you know, what you're doing today can affect your tomorrow. You know, some, a video can resurface, something can resurface and be like, wow, this guy like did X, Y, and Z. And that's where a lot of these celebrities are today or po political figures, especially you have things in old dirt and skeletons in the closet that arise. And so it's like, yeah. be aware of, of your actions and your reputation and treat it with the utmost care and um, understand that, you know, it would be better to prevent something from occurring by not doing it than to try to cover your ass in the future. And that's something that, you know, I, I don't think people yeah. quite think of enough. No, that's a really good point. The reason I asked for restrictions is that, um, you know, speaking of myself, really, and, and so earlier on when I got into business, well, my, my two businesses, one is a family business and then uh, razor sharp digital which is my digital marketing agency that i started six years ago but you know i've always been one of those people who is very direct and transparent and very integral in everything i do mm -hmm. it's really at the core of who i am you know being an eastern european the son of an immigrant you know i've been through a lot culturally and 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 i think that just kind of was a dna thing for me but some of that shit can backfire, you know, upon you on social media if you're just way too integral sometimes because you never know. It might rub off someone the wrong way. And the reason I was asking the question behind restrictions is just that, you know, in the beginning, I was too worried personally too worried about the intricacies that it would create, you know, upon others. Really worried more about well, what's someone's reaction going to be if I post this on social media or if I talk about this in a post? What are people going to think? And. You know, what's really fascinating, Isaac, that I that I found is this that the more genuine and authentic and I know the word authentic is very worn out, but the more 
Right, right. But authentic is just really being yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like exactly. who are you? The way you you communicate, you, you come across more transparent. I mean, I'm someone that curses a lot. I'm someone who I can't stand bullshit. You know, I'm someone who does not pay attention to politics and news because it warps my, my it warps my brain waves and then you know I I get pissed off for yeah. shit. So like I'm that kind of person that's like very upfront and direct. And in the beginning was like wait, should I say this or should I put a filter on because it needs to be polished a little bit? That's why I was asking about restrictions, you know, because like you said, I mean, with politicians, you know, yeah, that shit will come back and haunt you because some of these people, I think all of us at some point in our life, we've, did, we've done things that we're not proud of. Let's face it. I mean, we're, we're just human, right? We make mistakes. But I think when when that comes up to haunt you, is I think that's where accountability comes into play. Or like I've seen some people, I remember in my agency days, you know, some of the guys I worked for, you know, mm -hmm. now big time shots, quote unquote, you know, like did some shit in the earlier days. Like, you know, they didn't pay their first employees on time or, you know, they got into, 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 into tax trouble or whatnot. And that shit will come back up. And now some people were aware of that. And, you know, the trolls and the haters don't come out full swinging. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, so-and-so, remember 10 years ago? And I'm like, who the fuck, you know, cares about 10 years ago? You know, Ivan, when somebody is in that situation, though, I don't yeah. realize and I don't know why they try to hide it and act like it never happens. And a lot of these situations would be better if they just came came, came forward and came clean and be like, look, I was young. I was dumb. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just getting started. I'm not saying my actions were right, yeah. but it's like, yeah, I did it. You know, it'd be better to admit and just own up to it than, than trying to run away. And I think that that, too, is like what a lot of people try to do. They try to hide and act like, oh, that, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. And that actually brings more attention to that problem because now mm -hmm. they're running yeah. from it and people can tell, you know, and there's a difference between being politically correct and being, being scared. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. when I say politically correct, it's like, there are certain things that it's like, you should not say that like, yeah, to a degree, political correctness now in 2022 has some truth in it. Like, it's good that we have brought more awareness to certain things and such. But then there's the other side of things that we're like, truth is truth. Facts are facts. And it's like, don't be afraid to speak your mind, but be aware and be accepting of that repercussion. Now, don't go out of your way to be like, I wonder what this person is going to think. But a great yep. example would be my post that says a lot of entrepreneurs today are simply unemployed with a title. Boy, you should read some of these comments. And I've been spending time over the past couple of days. I'm like, man, this went right over some of your guys's head. But I'm like, yeah. I understood that me posting that controversial thing that would piss people off would result in people not understanding the true intention or thinking I'm hating. Mm -hmm. And they're like, sounds like you're yeah. jealous. I'm like, bro, if I have three businesses, be quiet. You know, and so it's like, but understand, I, I knew yeah. that that was going to be something that would come about from it. But it's not like I care. You know, uh, well, first of all, that was a controversial post, which I've been thinking more about that because I never really was. You know, some some people some people that knew me personally, you know, from I'm, there's only maybe less than a handful of people that like know me in real life. that have been in my life for, you know, a good part of 20 years. Right. And these people know that I was never a fluff guy. I was never really the controversial. I never was like, let me throw something out there for the sake of attention, like really just get people controversial. And so your post is actually fascinating because it's so true. It really is because I remember when like the entrepreneur word was really like gaining heights and popularity mm -hmm. it was like, oh, you're just a, a, a jobless bum, you know, like you're someone I'm like, 
okay. And it's funny because, and that's pretty much what happened in your post is that it's, it's the different perception that I think people had to that post. And that's what made, makes it, I think, controversial is just that the different perceptions, but they totally missed the core message because, you know, you were kind of being sarcastic slash funny in a way, and you were pointing out the reality of it. But like in the digital space, people misconstrue that. Yeah. I know I do. A lot of time I'll read a tweet or something or a post and I'm like, I know this has good intentions. I know that I can read it. I can sense it. My intuition is telling me that, but I'm reading. I'm like, why in the fuck did they have to use these words? Like mm -hmm. it just doesn't. I'm like, oh yeah, they had to make it controversial. You know, like the tweet about Elon Musk, you know, next I'm going to buy, you know, Coca-Cola and I'm going to put the cocaine, cocaine back. Or uh, the one that actually followed after that, he said, um, he said, guys, I'm not a magician, but when I buy McDonald's, I'll fix all their ice cream machines. Yeah. And I was just like, this was totally controversial, you know? Yeah. And I, I saw that and I was like, I had to actually reread the tweet about Coca-Cola a couple of times. I'm like, did I? Yeah. Did wait a second. Did he really? I'm like pulling up my phone. I'm like, he actually said that. I'm like, yeah. wow, interesting. But then now I'm curious. Yeah. I'm like, how is the press going to perceive this? And that's actually how I developed a lot of my skill set. is I would pay attention to human behavior on a psychological mm -hmm. level of, okay, what was the reaction to it? So I didn't mm -hmm. have to worry about the reactions to my stuff. I was paying attention to the reactions to another person's mistakes or tweets or actions to where now I'm like, I understood how people would behave and act towards yeah. it. And, you know, yeah. and, and, and that post I had done on Facebook, you know, I'll be the first to admit it. I think that almost all entrepreneurs reach a point where they are unemployed with the title, but the point is to not stay there. That's yeah. the thing. People stay in that place. I was at a yeah. point of being an entrepreneur that was unemployed with the title. And then I'm like, I don't like the feel of this. Let me build something, you know? And then, yeah. and then it's a, it's a level and a degree of maturity on, on the path. And some, sometimes people unfortunately stay there for their entire lives and others, realize yeah. that no it's like the point of being this and living up to this and it's like there are responsibilities here it's like let me actually build something and live up to this title that i'm giving myself you know it's like you 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 no, not everybody can be a dad you know yeah. not everybody can be a dad you you live up to the title and the responsibility of being a father and being a dad it's like i'm yeah. sure that you could attest to this anybody can be you know a sperm donor not everybody can sure. be a father you know and so it's like you have yeah. that title that you're living up to and so that's kind of how I view business as well. It's like anybody can start an LLC, but can everybody be a business owner? You know, it's like yeah. you have to grow into it and you have to shape yourself into it and yeah. develop into it. And, you know, that's my perspective. And um, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's just, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Human behavior is, uh, I keep joking and I keep saying that like in the future, I'll probably go back and get a degree in psychology just for shits and giggles because like it's something I'm fascinated with. Well, did you know, well, you said like three things that I'm trying to, remain on the tip of my brain because they're really important um the last one that you said is so actually some of the most prominent entrepreneurs and you know i follow guys like ty lopez and gary v gary v mainly because he's an immigrant and what he's done with vayner and everything you know celebrities and all this other shit right but all these guys have something in common that actually were coached by some of the best psychologists in the world because it is all about human behavior it's why I went after human centricity is because after all, like you said earlier on, we do business with humans. And I think in the entrepreneurial world, I mean, I don't care if you're running, you know, a $250,000 business or a $250 million business. In fact, you know, I sat in a room with a couple of people that do 400 million collectively this past weekend. And I will tell you this, it's every bit of psychology and human centricity. 
It's how you talk to them. It's how you answer their questions. It's how, you know, you express interest in who they are. So it's cultivating relationships. And that's what opened up opportunities is just by literally sitting there, you know, feet up on, on the chair and shits and grins and talking about stuff. And um, <clears throat> that was really important, you know, that, that, that you mentioned that because, and I firmly believe that in the human centricity, the human psychology. So dude, I would definitely, definitely go after that because the psychology aspect, you know, um, actually Tony Robbins quote, Business is 80% psychology, 20% execution. It's one of my favorite, actually. Mm. You know, um, and and I mean, Tony Robbins, someone that gets paid millions to coach people, right? Because of the level of psychology that he has acquired. Because that psychology, you know, teaches and gives perspective. Mm -hmm. But only then if you learn what to do with that. It's like people say knowledge is power. I'm like, no, applied knowledge is power. I mean, you can go to all the, the conferences and, and, and read books and online courses and, you know, be coached by some of the best coaches. But if you don't actually implement and execute upon any of that, then it's just stuck here. You're just mm -hmm. continuously processing it. Um, we can talk more about personal branding, man, but I'm really excited that we got a chance to sit down and, and chat and learn more about you. But before we wrap things up, you know, let's tell people, how can they find you online? How can they connect with you? What's the best way to reach you? Yeah, I mean, it's been a great conversation too, man. And um, it's it's good to be able to dive deep on a, on a deeper level too and, and talk about psychology and talk about, you know, personal branding is, is a lot to do with psychology, you know, cognitive yeah. biases of yeah. how, you know, one person is going to perceive you by doing something. You know, the entire concept of press is to man manipulate in an ethical and moral way, right? The ideally... Yeah is to manipulate the human behavior into liking you more or directing their attention to something. And so that's like all about my business. And I like that quote a lot, actually. So you can find me literally everywhere at mm -hmm. Isaac Mashman, all social media platforms. Um, I also wrote this last year that came out on November 1st, Personal Branding okay. Manifesto on Fame and Influence. Um, you can go to isaacmashman.com forward slash book and pick it up there. And okay. uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's been great too. And, and this is a a great conversation because you're somebody who I've been connected with for quite some time on Facebook. And, you know, I've seen your posts and we've butted heads a few times and, you know, sometimes you were yeah. right. Sometimes I was right. And then uh, I got to shout out Dennis, you, because you had that post yeah. uh, about search engines and stuff. And Dennis yeah. is like, no, Isaac actually did something there. And I'm like, ah, okay. Um, but no, it's been really, really fun, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. <laughs>